Welcome to What I Know Now, a School Sport New Zealand podcast that's all about the value of sport. I'm Mike Summerall, the CEO of School Sport New Zealand, and we're getting into the biggest issues and questions that young people have when it comes to being involved in sport. You probably know Tony Street as a TV presenter or radio host, but what you maybe don't know is she is a former Central District's wicketkeeper, a current netball coach, and a massive enthusiast for the benefits of sport growing up. Tony played just about every sport under the sun as a kid, and as a mum to three of her own, she's now driving the minivan packed with kids, friends, and gear all around Auckland to games, practices, and tournaments. And she loves it. Not just because she likes sport, but because she's a massive believer in what it does for kids. Teamwork, discipline, friendship, work ethic, all the benefits and traits she's learned from sport herself, she's now seeing her kids get. Then there's the way she talks about being a coach, which literally made one of our producers want to volunteer to coach her own kids. Just being able to see them develop up close, build another aspect to their relationship, and to get to know their friends on another level. This is an awesome discussion that's perfect for parents looking to navigate the different requirements of sport. Hi, Tony. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. You've obviously had a very storied sporting past. What would you think is your earliest sporting memory? I think my earliest memory was actually playing a sport that I didn't carry on with, uh, but it was junior soccer. And I would have been, I think, three or four. And mum and dad got me into it because they are a big rugby family. But they decided, I think there was that theory going around that football or soccer made you more skillful <laughs> later in life. So they got me playing soccer. And I remember cold mornings in my bell block outfit that was in Taranaki. And I remember they were blue shorts, white top, very 80s vibe. And I remember from that early day wanting to score goals and knowing that's what I wanted to do, <laughs> you know? Awesome. The research I've done says you've played a lot of sports and you've been involved in a lot of activities. Are you able to talk about some of those as, as you've come through uh, the age grades? Yeah. So early days, I had a go at soccer and I also started surf lifesaving pretty early as well. I would have been three or four in the Nip Nips at East End Surf Lifesaving Club. Mum and dad had some friends there and they said, come along and give it a go. And I actually ended up doing surf club from the age of three or four right through till I was nearly 20. At the same time, I was doing athletics at a pretty young age. Speed's pretty important, I guess, for most sports. So that was it was all sort of associated in the Bell Block area, which is where I lived. Mum and Dad are dairy farmers, so they signed us up for everything. So it was athletics, surf lifesaving, a bit of soccer in the early days before I then switched. And I actually did a bit of softball for a while there as well in the same area. I was a catcher for softball, did that for a couple of years, and then I switched to cricket, which I ended up doing right through until my end of university. And I ended up going to university on a sports scholarship for cricket to Lincoln University where they paid for all my fees, which was amazing. And I got to train at the New Zealand High Performance Centre out at Lincoln, which was amazing. And at the same time, I was playing for the Central District's state cricket team. Alongside that, that was my summer sport and I played cricket all the way through. My dad was a cricketer, so it was always going to be the sport I think I played because that's what he loved. And I 
I loved it because you got to hit a ball, you got to catch. I mean, in those early days, I remember Kiwi cricket. <laughs> it was a little bit um, hit and miss because not everyone could bowl very well, including myself. But then my winter sport was always netball. And I started that at age seven, carried it on through the years, played rep netball. When I was in seventh form, I made the New Zealand secondary schools tournament team. And it was lucky because although I went to university on a cricket scholarship, I was also alongside a lot of top netball coaches like Margaret Foster was taking, the Exil Fern was taking the netball scholarship. So I ended up crossing over and playing prem netball down in Christchurch when I was at university at the same time that I was playing cricket. I dabbled with rugby at school as well, played for our first 15 and I played for Taranaki, but I broke my leg really badly in my sixth form at school, year 12, and that kind of uh, put to bed my rugby aspirations. I think that's all of the sports I've played. I might have missed something, but I think that was about it. Sorry, so I think you missed out that you were a dancer of some note uh, (laughs) at the LGS studio here. (laughs) I did do dancing for a while, actually jazz dancing. And I loved that. But I was always the dancer that played sport. You were either a dancer that did dancing or you were a dancer that did other things. And there was quite a difference back in my day. It was almost like the expectations on me as a dancer weren't as high because I was the sporty kid. (laughs) (laughs) How important do you think it is to participate in lots of different sports instead of trying to stay in that one lane at an early age? Yeah, I probably didn't realize how important it was until I had my own kids. And I've got a nine, seven and three-year-old now. And they do a lot. You know, they do jujitsu, they do netball, they do cricket. I try and fit in swimming where I can. They do a bit of dancing. And I'm deliberately doing that because I think it's really hard when you're young to know what is the sport for you both what you're good at and what you could excel at at a later age, but also what you enjoy. Where are the like-minded people? And I have to say, they change from sport to sport. Like the netball crowd is completely different to the jujitsu crowd, to the cricket crowd. It's very hard if you choose what sport you're doing young because you're not giving yourself the opportunity to actually find where your best spot is, both for you in a social sense, but also in a sporting sense. And I remember having those clashes myself Myself as a student, but it wasn't until my later years of high school, I broke my leg playing rugby. And I remember my netball coach being quite grumpy that I was even playing rugby and then I broke my leg and then I couldn't play in the netball team. And so there was always a bit of a fight between the netball, basketball and rugby coaches because each of them obviously wanted you to stay dedicated to them. But I I felt like I was lucky that that didn't come until later in high school because I am hearing more and more that kids are having to choose early on. My kids aren't at that stage yet, and Juliet's not at age nine, and I'm just wondering when it's going to come, and I'll be fighting at all costs to try and keep her involved in as many as I can, because she's not fully developed, mentally or physically, and I would hate to think that I haven't exposed her to the sport that she really, really feels passionately about. Like, I feel like it might be netball for her at the moment, but what if it's rowing? She hasn't tried rowing, you know? So I just think it's important because we change and develop mentally and physically. And how do you know what is the right one for you? One, if you haven't tried it, and two, you don't give yourself the time. And from a player's perspective, do you see a lot of value from having those different opportunities and bringing those skills into different sports? Absolutely. They crossed over. I mean, I did athletics as a kid and that crosses over into every other single sport you play because most sports require you being fast or having a certain level of speed. 
I used to do squad swimming as well. And that crossed over with surf lifesaving. And you'll often find the squad swimmers end up doing the surf race and surf lifesaving and vice versa. You pick up a talent in one sport and often it does cross over. I actually, I coach a year five netball team and there are eight or nine year five girls. And I actually last season said to all of the netballers, why don't we all play cricket? Because they're all super sporty and they've all got that hand eye and they all love it. And now literally the entire netball team is also the cricket team. And I can't see them not playing again this season. So they definitely go hand in hand. And I also think the lessons that you pick up from these different sports, and they all have different lessons as well, like jujitsu, for example. You know, my daughter's just started doing that. And it's very, very physical. And I I don't know if there's any other sport quite like what she's doing. And I love that side of things because it's teaching her life skills on how to protect herself. And it's great for staying calm and working on her anxiety. And that's perhaps something that she wouldn't get through the likes of netball and maybe your dancing. Mm. You've talked about so many different sports that, that you yourself were involved in. How did you manage to balance that out? Because I know in secondary school, you you became head girl as well, and, and you've always put your hand up to get involved in everything. How do you manage to balance that out from a playing perspective, your social side, education? When I look back now at my year 13 year, I, I don't actually know how I managed it because being head girl was quite a lot of pressure. And also, I guess when you're the head girl, there is an expectation that you'll do well academically as well. And I really wanted to get an anniversary. So to get an anniversary and then be in the first 11 in the senior A netball team and play the rugby and, and also the arts, I wanted to do stage challenge. I wanted to be part of the play. And there was a lot of organizing the school council. And I look back now and I think, oh my goodness, how did I manage it? And the only reason I think I was able to do that is actually because of my parents. My parents were very good at managing the workload for me and they could tell when I was totally burnt out and perhaps I needed to actually sit out of practice, which is not something that I would ever think of doing myself or whether it was a matter of cutting down on, you know, other activities on the weekend just to be able to do nothing. And I think that's important as well. You don't want it to become a chore. I guess that was probably the first year where I really kicked into overdrive. And I feel like my career's a bit like that now where you're super busy and you do manage to juggle a lot of balls, but that can come at a cost. And I was lucky it didn't in my seventh form year, but I think there have been years where I've taken on way too much on top of sport and it has come at a cost to my health. For example, I I think you've got to make sure that you've got that rest time. And mentally, it's stressful when you do a lot of things and everyone's expecting the best from you in their certain field. I remember one year at school, I actually ended up pulling out of the cricket team for a year because I actually had a bit of a disagreement with my coach at the time who didn't want me to do both. And we disagreed on whether I could do stage challenge and cricket. And I, I actually quit for a year, which was horrible because I loved my cricket and I did come back, but I felt very strongly that I should be able to do the stage challenge and cricket at the same time. And I I still feel that way. Look, I know it's become more of a career opportunity for people. And so if you want to be really serious about it, you have to focus. But I think it shouldn't come at a cost at such a young age of not being able to do other things. Mm. Tony, you mentioned your parents and their role of supporting you in your later years. What role did they play in getting you involved in all of those different sports and taxiing you around the region to participate in all of them? 
I was really lucky, I guess, in a number of ways. They had the financial means that they didn't need to say no if I asked to play a sport. But also I had two very sporting parents who not only like to play themselves, but also like to watch sport. And I knew the importance of sport from when I was a toddler. It was almost not a decision in our house about whether you'd play sport. It was like, what sport are you going to play? And what I did like about mum and dad is they were very open to what sport we enjoyed. So, for example, I was a netballer all the way through, but my little sister, she was a hockey player. So even though mum was a netballer, she still, you know, supported my sister through hockey. And I've actually adopted that because I've got a daughter that plays hockey and one plays netball now too. And so I've been quite mindful of that, not to necessarily just steer them into the sports that I enjoyed and I thought I was good at. Because I think, yeah, kids are definitely different in that sphere. But I got signed up to athletics before I knew what athletics was. I got signed up to softball. I mean, I wouldn't have randomly gone, oh, let's play softball. I don't even think I knew what it was. In fact, I still actually don't know why I played softball because my parents were not softballers, but I didn't care what sport I was playing. I enjoyed it all. And that was a huge focus for our family, possibly more than anything else, more than academics, more than anything. Mm. Why is it important to be involved in sport? Initially, it's important to be involved in sport if you've got a family that is inclined that way. I think it begins with your family because if I hadn't played sport, if I had said to mum and dad, no, I actually don't want to do athletics, I don't want to do softball, I would have absolutely been the odd one out in my family because my my nana was a New Zealand squash player, both my other grandparents played golf, dad, I remember, was always going to play badminton or squash or up at the local tennis courts. And in later years, I actually ended up playing in my dad's cricket team with him. So I feel like it was inherent. It was something that probably was already in my genes. But then as the years went on, I wanted to be with my mates and my mates were all playing sport. And I think I probably grew up with the sporty mates because we were all in the same teams, but you do gravitate towards those types of people. Not all my friends were in sports teams, but the friends that you ended up being with in your teams are the ones you spent the most time with. And I'm so glad that my parents started me young because it just gave me such an advantage of knowing how to play these sports. And then that led on to opportunities that are some of the best in my life. And I still think that, you know, I got to go to the Yo Play Cup for first 11 cricket. And I think back to those trips where I was away with 13 of my mates, we were all staying in a hostel together. The music you play and the skits that you perform when you're actually off the field, they are just as important, I think, as the memories that you have on it. And going away to nationals with my netball team, I think of that now and I think it was wonderful. When I was in the fourth form, we actually went on a netball trip to the Gold Coast. And I have such great memories of that. And I, when I think now, I think, wow, we were so lucky to be able to do that. And we had to fundraise hard for it. But my best school memories are actually my sporting memories. And if I hadn't been part of those teams, I think what a shame to have missed out on that. That actually has nothing to do with necessarily wanting to be the absolute best, like a rep player or having it as a career. It was actually just having 10 years of your life that was just amazing. And the the people we got to meet and the trips we got to go on and the cool uniforms we got, it was just the whole scene is just so cool. And that's why as a mum now, I know that. I know that that was my best time at high school. And I want to give my kids the opportunity to do that. And I think it actually affects your character. And I see it now from a very, very young age. I'm coaching a year three netball team. 
I actually feel quite a great responsibility as their coach. Um, You're also mentoring them because you're spending so much time together at practices and at games. And kids go through a raft of different emotions when it comes to sport because they're either good at it or they're not necessarily good at it and they have to learn a new skill. And that can be really challenging for some kids and it can be frustrating for them. It can be elation when they have a great game or they score a goal and they weren't able to shoot before. I feel like I'm almost doing that mentory role to make sure that they enjoy it enough and feel satisfied enough that they want to keep going. And I'm biased, I know, because I'm so, so pro sport, but I truly believe that it adds to your character in all other areas of your life. You learn to win, you learn to lose, you learn to come together with other people that aren't necessarily the same personality as you, and you learn how to deal with that. You learn how to deal with things that don't go your way. Maybe the umpire wasn't great that day and you have to get over that and deal with it and you can't throw a hissy fit. And if you do, you're going to have to apologize for that and not do it the next time if you don't want to get kicked off the court. That sort of stuff happens in the workplace now. And sometimes I might look across and go, wonder if you played a team sport at school. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, it's a nice segue into into my next uh, question. Obviously, being involved in sport has been a big part of your life, but your career has taken you still involved in sport, but into a different place. Do you think being involved in sport and the lessons that you've learned are benefiting your career? Oh, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. I think with sport, you learn from a very early age what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you learn that if you want to get good at it, you have to put in work. And I was lucky. I had a dad that really wanted us to be the best we could be. And so he would wake us up in the morning to go for cross-country runs. And the reason he did that is because I said to him, I want to win cross-country, right? I didn't want to be at the back of the field. And I knew that I could run. And so even though I might have complained at the time, he knew that I was motivated to do the best I could. So he would take us for cross-country runs in the morning. He would take me to the nets to practice my cricket. I was really, really thankful for that because I feel like sometimes you just need someone else to be the motivator to push you through. But I think about now, I mean, the job I'm in on a daily basis is hosting a radio show with two other guys and we have to absolutely work as a team. We've got very different roles. I'm the only female on the show. Jace is, is the one that takes care of every little piece of admin and every every competition we do. He leads us in and out of breaks. And Sam is the funny guy on the show. So really, we're a team or with different roles, just like you would in any sport. And, um, <laughs> you know, you have to fall in line and play your part because if we don't play the role we're meant to be playing, then the show doesn't work. And I think broadcasting, that happens a lot. And so I'm glad that I I feel like I'm a team player and I feel like I learned that from sport from a very, very young age, not to think you're just the star and everything will work out if you shoot goals. I think anyone that's played sport will know in a team, one person can never win you the game. Even if you have got an incredible star, everyone has to be working together. So I think back to my sporting days a lot and I'm really thankful. I mean, I ended up being a sports reporter. So for obvious reasons, the sport was good because it gave me a good grounding. But just even in general life and the discussions you have at work and the collaborations you have and 
learning from your boss. You know, you learn as a kid, your coach is there to teach you just like your boss is there to give you feedback. And it might be hard to take as a five-year-old, but by the time you get to 38 like me, you should be able to to take it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so refreshing to hear your take on sport and and how valuable it is. You're obviously a mother now and you've talked about coaching these teams that your your kids are in. What do you think that they enjoy about sport? Undoubtedly, they enjoy being with their friends. And I know this not just from my own kids, but from other kids. So I will get texts from the mums or the dads of some of um, my daughter's friends and say, is Mackenzie playing netball? Talia wants to play, but she wants to make sure Mackenzie's playing too, right? (laughs) So that's the primary motivator, I think, that they want to be with their mates. But secondly, and I know this from the year five netball team I coach, and I've coached them since year two. So I've had them for quite a few years now. I think they like being part of something special. And I see that in the art space as well, because they're all doing a show together, a theatre show. But in sport, it's quite a unique thing when you're a youngster to be part of something where you're all working together for a common goal. And so I will find an I'm probably a bit controversial because I do take my coaching pretty seriously and I like them to enjoy it, but I also want them to try and be as as good as they can be. And I'm unashamedly that way because the moment someone says they don't want to play the next year, I'll know that it's not working right. But I've had them now since year two and they all want to play. So (laughs) to me, that's a great sign. But we do a lot of things outside of netball that I think helps them on court, but it's also part of them just enjoying being a kid. So they'll come to my house and we'll have a a mass play day. Yes, we might be shooting goals at the same time, so it's a win-win, but there's a lot of fun in it. And in summer, we'll do fitness and we'll go to the beach and we'll have a swim together afterwards. And I feel like you do miss out if you're not part of that, you know, and um, I think they all love it so much that they want to come back. So it's the friends, it's being part of something special. And I think what they will learn eventually, and I try and explain this to my daughters now, is it's just a really healthy thing to be doing for your mental space. I want them to enjoy exercise now so that when they get to their teen years, they understand why it's important, you know, and it becomes second nature as opposed to having to start from scratch when they get to 13. Mm. Tony, there's obviously challenges recently around trying to engage our young people in sport and parents, family play a really big role in in accessing sport for young people. What types of messages would you have for parents who are really time poor? How do we change the narrative to get more parents wanting to get their kids involved in sport? It's a really tough one because for me, I think it should be number one. I really do. Because not only do they make friends, but they're learning life lessons from a very early age. And I understand the time poor situation. I've got a team of netballers where all of the parents are very highly engaged. But what what I would say is, yes, we're time poor now. And I know that. I work full time. I work super early. I have about three different jobs. But I do make it a priority. And I think technology these days actually really helps. So we have a WhatsApp group where I feel like I am (laughs) pinging the parents all the time. But it makes communication easy. And when the admin side of sport is easy, then I think getting to the game isn't such a major. And I think even if you're time poor, you find someone that isn't, right? So every, in fact, we've got netball tonight and I have... (laughs) I have a mum van, which is scandalous. Most weeks, I will take seven of the eight netballers in my van from school to the game. 
And their appearance in there, that could easily take their kids. They don't have anything on, but they want to be part of the van trip because that's actually important to them. And they're, they're playing Lizzo. I know all the TikTok you know, moves to Lizzo now because they're playing it. But I, I think that's important. You will always find someone, even if you're daunted about sport yourself as a parent, you'll always find someone that's willing to take the reins. And look, I'm that person for the netballers. And I will happily take the kids. In fact, it actually makes my life easier as coach because all the kids are together. I know they've all got their hair tied up. <laughs> you know, they're all in their uniforms. I don't have to find them at the courts. I started doing that. We have one, one of Juliet's best mates, you know, her parents, one's a nurse and one has been working with the Navy. So they don't have as much flexibility with their working hours as I do. But I've taken her under my wing is almost like another child of mine. And if I'm already going to Nepal, I don't care if I have to take seven others, <laughs> may as well, you know, I'm still going there and back. So I guess that would be my advice, just because you might be time poor and you got, and I get it, two working parents, there's not a lot of extra time, let alone energy for it. I would just say, find the person that is willing to do it because in my experience, there's always at least one parent that is happy to take your child along with them and just be interested. I think it's important to know who's in their team. What time are they playing on Saturday? You might not be able to get there, but you'll be asking them afterwards, oh, how did your game go today, even if you can't be there? And I think you get so much back from it. That is the thing that has surprised me as a parent. I always thought to myself I'd coach their teams just because I felt it was my duty as someone that had played before. But it is honestly the funnest part of my week now. Wednesday's my favorite day because I get to go to netball. I love it. I get to be with all my um, daughter's mates, which means I'm connecting with them. I'm going to hopefully go through the years knowing these kids, which surely is going to help when it comes to them wanting to go to parties and things. If I've coached them for a few, I'll be like, hey, I know you. I know what you can be like. So if you're not involved in this sport, I think you miss out because I, I know the parents that are involved and that we all feel the same way. It's actually one of the funnest parts of being a parent. Just picking up on that, lots of our schools look at sport as a, as a really good engagement tool. In a previous interview, you've talked about sport keeps kids out of trouble. Do you believe that's uh, an opportunity for our disengaged young people to use sport as a tool to bring the best out of themselves? I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you think back years and years ago, it was almost compulsory to get some form of military background. And that's essentially fitness, right? That is training. That is having something that you have to wake up for and work towards. It's about having a goal, being part of something. And I heard Graham Lowe talking the other day about how he believes sport is the problem to sort out our gangs in New Zealand at the moment. And I thought, he is so right. But it's almost at that point you're quite far down the road. And I love the idea of identifying people that might be from a home that is having a bit of trouble and actually getting them into sport. I like it when schools make it compulsory for every person to play sport. Because if you don't play, you don't know what the environment's like. And that sense of belonging is often, and you will see it statistically, why people join things like gangs, why they go looking for trouble because they feel like they don't fit in anywhere. And if you fit into a sports team, you get all of those feels, particularly if you've got a sports team where the parents are also engaged. And it doesn't have to be all the parents. It only has to be a few that says, why don't we play this tournament? Why don't we do that? And suddenly you've got a focus that is not getting in trouble. 
I think it should be compulsory that kids play a sport at school. I just, I, for our obesity epidemic, for a social side of things in terms of trying to decrease crime in later years, I think it's a no-brainer. And I know some schools do, and I think it should be mandated. Tose, how do we bottle up what you've got and, and just spread that around all of our parents around the country? <laughs> hey, I tell you what, it's an interesting chat because I don't think I'm everyone's cup of tea. There will undoubtedly be coaches on other teams that think I'm far too hard out. And I know that. And maybe they feel like I'm too much. You know, maybe I sent too many messages on the WhatsApp. I'm too invested. But my sort of answer to that is, well, I've got nine players who love playing, who I see smile and skip into practice every single week, and they have continued playing for five, six years. That there is the proof is in the pudding. I just think we should be able to get a bit more passionate about what we're doing because with passion, that's infectious. And if you're passionate about what you're doing as the coach or the manager or as the parent in charge, that actually rubs off on the kids. And I can think of nothing better than having a group of, and in my case, young women that are passionate about something that they really want to be part of. So as much as, yeah, I'm probably absolutely viewed as a hard out and uh, sometimes even my husband will look at me like, wow, you've been agonizing over those rotations for quite a while. I don't care. I'm unashamedly passionate. And if the kids are happy, that's all that matters really. And having fun. And having fun. And that's the thing. When they're happy and having fun and they have that sense of satisfaction, and that's one thing that I think, (laughs) and I know all the messaging is have fun, have fun, have fun. But what I feel like I've learned over the last few years of coaching is that they have fun when they are also achieving. They have fun when they are actually seeing themselves improve. And I think that message can get a bit muddled at times. That doesn't mean they have to win but they just have to be the best that they can be and actually strive to be better. I mean, for me, fun and improvement and being better and having a sense of pride on what you're doing, they actually go hand in hand. And I see that in the girls. I see their faces when they come off and they get given player of the day because they literally deserve it, not just because it's given out on a rotation, you know? Absolutely. Tony, what are your hopes for the future of youth sport? My hopes would be that we have far greater numbers playing and engaged in sport than we do. And having gone through and currently going through the primary school system, I think that's where it begins. The most devastating thing is when you see a whole lot of kids playing sport one year and then suddenly they might change schools or they go up a year and they don't want to play anymore. I hate that because I feel like people develop and change at such different rates that we have to find a way so that when kids get to high school, they still want to play sport, right? And things do change when you hit that high school level. I think you you have lots of kids engaged and then they get to high school and they find other things that are more important. So my, my hope would be that once you get to high school, it's really valued by every kid that goes to be part of a sport. And it doesn't matter what it is, but that takes engagement from teachers, from parents, from the sporting bodies. And I would just like us to go back to where sport was one of the only things you could do to keep you busy. 
And even now that there's lots more choice of doing many, many different things, I would hope, and my hope would be that the value of sport comes back to high schools. And that doesn't mean that they have to be in the first 15 or your senior A netball team, that people will see the value in just being part of a sport for their health more than anything. And that's physically and mentally. Tony, the last question that we ask in every podcast is, what is the value of sport? I think the value of sport is unquantifiable. It permeates through every other part of your life, your physical health, your mental health, the relationships you have. I think (laughs) sport is life, right? Sport emulates how we interact in life on a daily basis. And if you can learn those lessons through sport, then I think you just have a better functioning life all round. Beautiful. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here and sharing your sporting pedigree with us. But I think more importantly, the take that you have on sport and how it can benefit all areas of life from youth right through to to when we're all a bit older. So thank you so much for giving up some of your time. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for listening and a massive thank you to Tony for being involved. Hopefully you've taken away some of her experiences that you can apply to your own sporting involvement, whatever level you're at. If you did, please feel free to comment, review, subscribe, or share this podcast with your mates. It really does make a difference. This podcast has been produced by Raw Collective for School Sport New Zealand. If you liked it, check out some of our other episodes. It's an ever-growing resource helping you to navigate sport as one part of a well-rounded life. See you on the next episode.